0: oftentimes building up your insecurities to then tear them back down. When Sarah dated Timothy, after a year of bliss, there began to be, have issues in the relationship. They both agreed the relationship was worth fighting for, so they decided to go to therapy to figure things out. Sarah thought it was amazing that he was open to doing that. Most of the guys she dated before would never agree to counseling. She believed it was one more impressive thing that she had discovered about him. What she didn't know is one of the worst things you can do is to take a covert narcissist to therapy, especially in the beginning. Here's why. It's like a training ground for them. When the counselor tells them what they're doing wrong, how they're hurting you, it shows them which parts of their mask is actually cracking. They learn what you want, what they need to do to impress you, as well as others. They do what the therapist suggests, impressing the target and the therapist. Their heart isn't in it, but they act like it. The therapy sessions make you feel even more love and respect for them. Once again, sealing their image as the perfect mate, ensuring your love and loyalty for a very long time. They learn your vulnerabilities and insecurities. Covert narcissists make sure to build you up and to compliment you in these areas. It can feel like they're part of your healing. They will later use what they learn about you, to trigger you, manipulate you, control you, and wound you. It becomes the biggest betrayal you've ever felt. They also hook you with sympathy at the beginning. When Sarah and Timothy were in therapy, he shared that he never felt like anyone had really wanted to get to know everything about him. He expressed how much he longed to have someone else take time to pursue and love every part of him. This tugged at Sarah's heartstrings. She's a caring woman, full of empathy. There are common traits of targets. She determined she would live her life doing just that. She would wholeheartedly get to know everything about him and love him like he had never experienced. She would give him all the attention he was craving and getting to know him in the way he longed to be known. She did this for more than 25 years. When he would do things that weren't kind or respectful, she would see him as a wounded man who never got the love he needed and would excuse his behavior over and over because of it. He used her sympathy to control and manipulate her for decades. She would never have tolerated a lot of his behavior if it hadn't been for the groundwork laid in the love bombing phase. Later during the discard, Timothy told Sarah it was clear to him that she never loved him. When we talk about love bombing, it can appear in many different forms. And in many different ways. And oftentimes it gets very confusing for people because they're either a transitional target, which we talked about the other day of they didn't really have a giant love bombing phase or that love bombing phase was just words and then they dropped them Um, or that love bombing phase could be covert and it's done with like smaller actions and smaller like words and phrases and things that build people up in order to tear them back down. When we talk about love bombing, we oftentimes refer to the aspect of uh, lavish gifts, overt praise, like telling people all these different things. But we don't think of like the subtle aspect that a lot of times we miss with like the covert narcissist that's planting small seeds, this planting small pieces that's oftentimes building up your insecurities to then tear them back down. See, with the covert narcissist, they don't have to put you on a pedestal saying, hey, you're the greatest thing ever. They just have to say, hey, this one thing that's like your weakest link, that you're most insecure about, that's what I love about you. That's what I think is amazing. That's what I think you have so much potential in. That's what I will always support you in. And then you're super excited about that because that's the one thing that you've always wanted filled. And then eventually down the road, that's the one thing the narcissist takes away. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I run Raw Motivations. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this platform to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. If you had a chance to watch the video earlier today, it was about covert narcissists and a passive-aggressive narcissists, like stuff that people resonate with a lot, but they don't have a, a name for it. They don't have a label. And as a result, they look at like regular, like narcissism or like overt narcissism. And they're like, that doesn't, that doesn't match. Like, I don't see that. I don't get that covert narcissism. Is a whole another ball game. Is a whole another animal that you have to be able to understand. Because a lot of times people get with a covert narcissist and they don't realize it for years and years on end. So as we talk about love bombing today, love bombing is typically at the very beginning of the relationship, and it's the idealization phase. It's the phase that's being set up to be able to control the rest of the relationship. It's setting up the stage to either build that pedestal, to be able to fill in that insecurity, to be able to pump you up enough so that when they start taking that away, you start wondering, wait a second, is it me? Like, what did I do? And you start trying harder to be able to keep the relationship. I want to be able to talk to you some today. The the part that I was reading earlier is actually from the book, um, The Covert Passive-Aggressive Narcissist." So check that out. It's got a lot of good information about covert narcissists. And we're looking at the love-bombing idealization phase. It says, love-bombing happens at the very beginning. This is where the groundwork is laid for you to fully trust and believe in this person for years to come. Because of your initial experience with them, you end up seeing everything they do through the lens of a good person someone who cares about you, and someone you can trust with your heart. This idealization phase usually lasts between six months and a year. This is generally the case, but not always, so don't hold on to that, but oftentimes six months to a year is typically what it is. So I want to be able to share it. in here it lists some descriptions that people that this person interviewed that gave them about the covert narcissist in their life during the love bombing phase. Okay. There's several of these. I want you guys to write them down or to acknowledge it or put it in the comments saying, Hey, that happened to me. This is how I feel. Okay. So whichever one, two, three, all of them that resonate, just like drop some in the comments so people that can see one, that they're not crazy two, that they're not alone, and three, that there's a lot of other people out there that are learning and dealing with covert narcissism at the same time. All right, love-bombing phrases. What they'll say, he was so kind. I felt so lucky to find her. He was different. He talked about his feelings. He asked me lots of questions about myself. He really wanted to know me. He really seemed to care. A lot of times when you're at the beginning of the relationship, a narcissist wants to know you. They want to know everything about you. They want to know your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, your fears, your insecurities. And it's all learning to control you. A narcissist wants to learn everything about you so they can use anything later to be able to manipulate, control, and direct you in the direction that they want you to go. She was kind of shy. We were so much alike. He opened up to me about his abusive childhood. He was really honest and vulnerable. When a narcissist brings up vulnerable things in the past, typically what's happening is fake vulnerability. It's the idea of, hey, I'm being vulnerable about sharing something. One, that past might not have even happened. A lot of people that I talk to struggle with this because they find out later on in life that that abusive relationship that the narcissist was in never even existed. That the intense sexual encounter that they talk about all the time never was even there. That the person that they were engaged to for two years before they broke their heart and went away, they never even dated. So be careful because sometimes when they're being vulnerable about the past, it's to fake empathy. She was beautiful. Out of my league, I felt so lucky that she liked me. She was fun. She felt He felt like my soulmate, like I had known him for a long time. He was interesting, intriguing. She was confident. She seemed to have her life together. He was great with kids. I felt lucky to be with her. He seemed tender. I felt safe with him. She was really a good listener. He was humble, kind, sensitive, easy to connect with. He could get along with anyone. It was remarkable. She had everything I was looking for. He was spiritual, open, philosophical. He was soft, with which was so nice after experiencing a lot of anger in other relationships. I felt like I was going into this relationship with my eyes wide open. We talked about everything. The communication was great. I didn't know women like this existed. My friends and family were so happy for me that I had found... A great guy. The hard part about this is a lot of times these attributes or these things that people are saying are they're reflecting the aspects of a covert narcissist in that love bombing stage. Many told me they felt so at ease with the covert narcissist in the beginning stage and from the book Psychopath Free says although it feels amazing at first this idealization is actually responsible for most of the damage when the relationship comes crashing down. They set a trap, and it's a trap so no unsuspecting victim could hope to escape from. The narcissist goes through the aspect of setting up this trap, of love bombing, of filling the insecurities, of building you up to be able to take you down. It's common for targets to say, we seem so much alike. This is because the covert narcissist mirrors you in the beginning, in a sense becomes you. They are observing you during this period. They will ride the wave of emotions you are feeling so it feels like they are just as excited about this relationship as you are. They carry on for a while. Many survivors look back and realize the excitement they felt, the energy of the relationship they so believed in actually only came from them. They were the only source of life, but under the illusion that it went both ways because the covert narcissist was mirroring their emotions. Covert nurses are often chameleons who can become whoever they are around. They don't have a strong sense of self. They pick up on what the other person wants. They become that. Because of this, people are impressed with how well covert nurses can seem to relate to all types of people. Do you relate to any of that with the love-bombing aspect? With them building another person up? That's what happens. That's what it looks like. And the hard part is when that builds up so much, That when that relationship comes crashing down, that's when everybody is confused and frustrated and wondering what's actually going on. If that's you today and you'd like to talk to talk about the trauma bond and getting away from the cognitive dissonance, trying to put together the pieces of, wait a second, was it me? Was it him? Like what actually happened? I'd love to talk to you today. You can go to rawmotivations.com. You can click a link down in the description or if you're listening on Apple or podcast, there's a link there as well. But want to be able to talk to you and help you find that healing, growth, and change. Because it does feel like crazy making. What the narcissist puts you through, what the covert puts you through, through being passive aggressive, through building you up to set up that trap to then tear you back down.